0: This is Bebop. Thank you so much for listening to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Your usual host, Jonathan Messenger, is asleep right now. Can you believe that? You humans in your sleep. I just don't get it. Anyhow, if this is your first time listening to The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, you're actually in the wrong place. You want to go back to episode one and start from there, and then when you're done with the first season, you'll end up here at the real show, Bebop Tales. My name is Bebop RoboMogo Quanatron. And for a long time, I was the intro bot on the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, but now I have my own show. It's called Bebop Tales, and it's going to be awesome. A lot of Finn Caspian listeners wrote in and asked me questions, and I have a lot of really great stories to tell. I've led a very interesting life that I only barely remember, but I'm going to tell you the stories that I can remember. I know you're going to love it, so I thought maybe I'd tell you a quick story right now. It's not really an Alien Adventure of Finn Caspian, but more a robot adventure of bebop that's why we're calling them bebop tales okay so to get things started i just want to say right off the bat i know a lot of times robots and humans humans and robots we have a hard time understanding each other and since bebop tales listeners are so used to hearing jonathan messenger's voice i've been working on my impression of jonathan so wait let me see if i can get it right
1: hi i'm jonathan messenger Duh. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Uh, hello, I'm Jonathan Messenger. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger. I almost had it. Wait. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messingham.
0: Messingham? Hang on a sec. Hi, I'm Jonathan Messenger, and I use the word awesome way too much, and I never let my robot eat enough delicious art.
1: Okay, I think I got it. Now that's out of our way, here's our first edition of Bebop Tales, Episode 1, A Star is Born. When Bebop was a young, beautiful, brilliant baby robot, his circuitry finely soldered and his battery burning bright as the sun, he lived in a world nearly as brilliant as he was. Though to be honest, there's little Bebop can remember now, only that the engineer who gave him life was a Dr. Herman P. Percolator, a dedicated roboticist and Tri-County lawn bowling champion. That's mostly what Bebop remembers from his youngest days, a house full of robots and lawn bowling trophies. And refrigerator magnets, with so much metal in one small house, anytime Dr. Percolator opened the kitchen window to let in a little fresh air, a magnet from a neighbor's refrigerator zipped through the air and into the kitchen, sticking to whatever robot was getting a snack at the time. Bebop was once pinged by a rogue magnet, a Christmas family photo from the neighboring Hefferson's kitchen, which he often wore as a sort of sheriff's badge on his chest. But despite these wonderful early days in a house filled with brother and sister robots, Bebop sensed a nervousness about Dr. Percolator. If he wasn't tweaking a robot or waxing a lawn bowling ball, he was watching the news, worried over the state of the world. It's worth noting that this was a different world than the one you live on. Bebop doesn't remember the name of his world or how he landed on Podcast Planet, what you call Earth. But Bebop's world was a much different place. But even so, things had begun to change on Bebop's world. A darkness had settled in. Mountains had stood up and walked across continents. Insects began speaking in bad accents.
0: Fresh your drink,
1: governor. And people began to disappear a warlock named Baron had begun to change the very shape of the world. It was on one dark night that Dr. Herman P. Percolator, a single light on in his house, gathered his robots around him and told them their true purpose. I knew this day would come, said the doctor. It's why I've built so many of you and have trained you in the ancient martial art of lawn bowling. If we're going to stop Baron from destroying our world, It will be up to you, my loyal army of robots, to destroy him. The battle with Baron lasted months, and while many robots were honored for their bravery, Bebop was held back in Dr. Percolator's home as a last defense, in case Baron broke the ranks of robots on the front lines. It had been a boring and quiet time alone in the house with Dr. Percolator and none of his robot brothers and sisters, but he would soon miss those quiet days when the evil warlock's plans revealed themselves, While the warrior bots had traveled to the volcanic island where Baron's castle resided, Baron worked his most wicked magic yet. He gave life to the art around the world. People resting at home were besieged by the paintings on their walls. Dogs playing poker burst from canvases and chased unsuspecting citizens. Pirates sailed out of the nautical paintings and captured sleepy-eyed apartment dwellers far from where they thought the battle was being fought. In Dr. Percolator's home, a self-portrait he'd painted to calm his nerves while the robots were away leapt from its frame. It must be said that the Doctor was a better roboticist than he was a watercolorist, and the three-dimensional painting monster that lurched at the Doctor was a sort of messy, wet, blobby version of himself. The doctor and his painting wrestled in the living room. Bebop, who was practicing his backspin out on the lawn, heard choking noises and rushed inside. Robot! "Robot," Coughed the human doctor. Help. Get. Him. Off. Of. Me. Baron says hi. Said the watercolor version of the doctor as he grappled with the man who had painted him. Bebop rushed to the doctor and tried to push the painted version away, but there was nothing he could do. His arms passed right through, coming out the other side, covered in blues and purples, which, because they were watercolor, smeared into a goopy brown. Bebop tried to drag the doctor away, but the painting now had a grip on him, and he couldn't be freed. The... the, the painting, cried the doctor. Bebop rushed to the painting, Blank now where the portrait of Dr. Percolator had once been. The tiny robots he'd painted into the background stirred when Bebop grabbed it. And began to come forward to stop him he sliced straight through the canvas but nothing happened the portrait version of dr percolator was still there and the watercolor robots began to slip from the canvas shreds and attack bebop he tried to light the painting on fire but that only made the monster doctor catch fire and bebop quickly stuffed it out before it burned the real doctor it's no use said the doctor there's nothing to be done but bebop kept tearing at the painting He bit the edge of the canvas to shred it some more and, hey, wait a second, it tastes a a bit like chocolate, with a hint of sea salt and undertones of hazelnut. He bit into it again and it was, it was delicious. He began stuffing the entire painting into his mouth, like a candy bar that you're afraid will melt. And as he did, the watercolor doctor began to fade. It released its grip on the real doctor and turned to Bebop.
0: Stop, stop, stop.
1: It cried out. But Bebop knew what he had to do. He ate the entire painting. And by the time he had washed it all down, the danger was gone. There was peace in the doctor's home. Thank you, robot. You saved my life. And you are the bravest, smartest, handsomest creation of mine. Why, if it wasn't for you- ah! A scream came from the Hefferson's house, their neighbors. Bebop looked out the window and saw the family cowering in the kitchen. Dozens of Christmas portraits of themselves crawling toward them.
0: There's no more time for all of your praise and compliments, Doctor,
1: said Bebop. Though I'm sure there were many
0: more to come, and you were just getting started.
1: I really was, said the Doctor. But Bebop raced from the Doctor's house and gobbled up all of those evil family portraits. He then went from house to house, eating all of the wicked art, dismantling the Wizard Baron's second line of attack single-handedly and bringing peace throughout the planet. And that is totally why Bebop Eats Art. So next time Jonathan says he's being greedy, you just tell him he's actually a hero.
0: Bebop tails, Bebop tails, making sure the evil art always fails. Bebop tails, Bebop Tales, Bebop Tales. Okay, thank you for listening to the first episode of Bebop Tales. I thought it went really, 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 really well. I forgot to mention that this episode was inspired by a question from 10-year-old Mateo in Chicago who asked, who created Bebop? So there you go, it was Dr. Percolator. But really, my heroism was forged in a fiery battle with the evil warlock Baron. I'll be answering more of your questions in the next few weeks as we make our way through my exciting, thrilling, and epic life prior to landing on Podcast Planet. I want to say thanks to everyone who has sent me food. This is very important, since Jonathan has apparently transported all of his own artwork to something called a storage locker. So today's art comes from Lark who is eight years old and lives in Champaign, Illinois, and she drew Finn, and she also drew an amazing laser bunny. And we got art from Julia, who's two and a half, and lives in Chicago. And she drew what I think might be Linda from the Lost City episode. So thank you to Julia. You are in what we call my planet, the Talented Twos. And for our joke this week, we have Benjamin. Take it away, Benjamin. Hi, my name is Benjamin. I am i am eight years old. I am from Chicago. What did the alien say to the cat? Take me to your litter. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Benjamin. And now I have a joke for you. What did the cat say to the alien? Uh, 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 because it was so surprised It started coughing up a hairball. Right? Anyway... Great joke, Benjamin. Remember, send your art, your jokes, your sounds for Griffin Sound Club to earth at fincaspian.com. Bebop Tales is a RoboMogo media production. Lived, written, edited, and guided by Bebop Wanajan. Thanks to everyone for listening, and if you live in this America place, have a happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next week.